What's up, guys? I'm Sean Lightsout Merriman, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolt Podcast. Thanks for listening. Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolts Podcast. Once was a ship that put to sea, the name of the ship was a belly of tea. The winds blew up her bow, up down below, my belly boys blow. Soon may the weatherman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. Hello and welcome to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Bermudez. And on this podcast, we bring you the latest Chargers news. We preview and review every Chargers game. And we bring you the hottest off-season content around. And it is that time of year, off-season, exciting. Especially now, it's the four years when we always have to pick a new coach because the Chargers have failed miserably. And, wow, what a few days we've had. The Chargers went into the off-season with a very impressive list of coaches to interview. Jason Garrett, top of that list, no doubt. <laughs> I jest, I jest. Um, and, you know, there were some exciting names. The enemy was on there, and there was uh, Staley, and there was Dabble, and a whole host of, of people around the league that we would have loved to have as a head coach. Um, I think the news was starting to lean towards Dabble of the Bills. After they got knocked out of the playoffs, he would be appointed head coach. On the offensive side of the ball, he's been fantastic with Josh Allen, and he showed that in his D, in his victory uh, just this weekend past in the playoffs, uh, where the Bills beat the Ravens. And my God, it was impressive throw after throw after throw. And we thought, oh, that would translate, that would come across to work with Herbert. But no, that everyone went to bed. Everyone thought that we were just waiting till the Bills were knocked out, and boom, the Chargers struck. They didn't want Dabble. Their number one choice was Staley from just the other side of SoFi Stadium of the Rams. He was their defensive coordinator. And he's come in uh, as, our, as our new guy. Bit of, bit of left field for some people. Um, we're going to explore on this podcast what everyone thinks about the appointment, what we think it will mean for the Chargers defense and offense, what maybe missing out on other candidates means. Then when we have put to that to bed, we will look at a full off-season preview of the Chargers' defence, which couldn't be more perfectly timed, seeing as we've just hired a defensive coach. We'll look at the free agents on the market, we'll look at the draft, we'll look at the actual roster and who we want to cut, and who we want to re-sign, who we want to extend. Um, it is going to be a chockered block, full of content episode for you this off-season. Um, guys, how are you? I am joined by my three fantastic coaches that didn't get the job i'm sorry commiserations tom telesco didn't go to school or college uh, or or kindergarten with you so you didn't get a shot um how you doing john just living the dream my friend living the dream and dan you know how's you how's the baby yeah not too bad you good i'm average to poor no i'm excited <laughs> i'm i'm hyped up uh, i've saved the capitan till last he normally gets to go first this time because <laughs> was my man you know come on you know big news the, the head coach situation of Sheffield Wednesday is still not, not resolved. Never heard of them. <laughs> oh, God. It's a drama. You see, for, for was a nice sport to say football team. They also sacked a coach at the, uh, recently and yet have not hired anyone because it's a shambles. So at least, you know, Tom Telesco and the Chargers are more, you know, more efficient and, and better at this process than, than that side of things. Um, are you happy uh, with the appointment? What's, what's your take on... on the fact that we thought it was going to be Brian Dabble, 
and it isn't. It's Brandon Staley. Well, we all know that Tom Telesco likes to keep a tight lip, you know, and he, he doesn't leak any information. He, he probably was going with this all along. Um, no one saw it coming until it actually happened. Listen, I'm not getting overexcited. We've seen this before with head coaches coming in and they've been a bust. We've got to get behind him. I'm confident that he'll do a good job. Um, it will change things up. He's already appointed Frank Smith as a run game coordinator. He's he's clearly looked at what uh, went wrong for the Chargers during Lynn's tenure. He's done his homework. Apparently, he's come in with a scheme for Herbert. He's going to change the defense. There's lots to be positive about. Whether or not he can um, handle the pressure come week one, two, and three, and you know down the stretch, that remains to be seen. But right here, right now, we've we've got our man early doors. He can start assessing the uh, roster and. Uh, Preparing for the draft. Yeah, it was, it was it was good timing. You know, we, we think for us, we woke up over in the UK and and had that announcement made. Um, but maybe same for you, Dan. Did you did you wake up and go, what the hell has just happened? Did it take you by surprise? <laughs> it, def- it definitely took me by surprise. Um, to be fair, I hadn't really been looking too much into Staley. I'd just got in my head that we were going offensive coordinator, going down that route. I mean. It's been a long time since the Chargers had a defensive coach, so um, I was I was a bit blindsided by that, but I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, my my initial thoughts were very much um, how much experience does he really have? He's only got that one year of being a coordinator, only four years really in the NFL, um, eleven years something like that in college. So I started a piece of work just looking to see how other coaches um, kind of fit in around that. And you look at some of the coaches like Mike Rabel, pretty similar situation, like four years in the league, one as coordinator before he got his shot as head coach, uh, only three in college. And then you look at some bigger names before he was made head coach. Andy Reid had only coached for six years in the NFL, none as a coordinator, 10 years in college. Uh, He was an assistant um, head coach but that was only one year. And then you've got Mike Tomlin, six years in the NFL, one as a coordinator before he got the job in Pittsburgh in his 30s. So there's some previous cases of other coaches with similar experience that have gone on to have successful careers. So that kind of allayed any fears I had over the experience. I I, I don't want to get too on board until I see how he fills out the rest of his staff, whether we end up keeping Steichen or getting someone else in as OC but um, cautiously optimistic. It's, it's interesting as well that uh, if you read The Athletic, that he's he's big on psychology and um, behavioural change. So that's something that we didn't see really under Lynn. We, we seem to get behind the power curve uh, as the season and 2019 sort of progress. So I think, you know, he's a different mindset, isn't he? He's going to bring something different to the to the team and... Let's let's hope it uh, pays off for Tom Telesco and the Chargers fan base. Well, let's hope so. I mean, John, it was a bit different for you because you know it's l- probably live in the news cycle that rather than when we were all sleeping in the UK. Um, you know, what, what was your reaction? What were you up to when it when it happened? What was I up to? Um, so it was a little a little later in the evening for me, um, and I I was actually finishing up something for work. And I was getting the dogs ready and going to bed for, you know, at a decent time. And then the news hits. 
and then that blows that idea out of the water and probably up for the next two hours trying to figure out what just happened. Um, you know, as, as I wrote on chargedupbolt.com, um, you know, I my preference was for them to get a defensive minded head coach I, I just i've seen the success of defensive minded head coaches in the league and if you get the right one i just think you end up with you know championship caliber teams and you know there's there's a long list out there you know uh the last really good coach that the chargers had uh, in my opinion uh was Ma- marty schottenheimer who was again a defensive minded head coach um so i just think that you know I, they were on the right track however i just i did not see Staley coming. I mean, I mean, obviously nobody did. You know, I, I really wrote off the news as, oh, this is just a, you know, this is just a hire to, you know, to hire a young, smart mind, maybe pick his brain on, you know, how he calls that 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 light box defense. You know, just kind of maybe just get some information gathering. I I didn't really think of it as an, oh, he's a legitimate like legitimate candidate for the job. And you know, some reports are coming out that he was the number one target the whole time. And you know, I'm reading all these things, and I'm just like, well, first of all, I love that these reports are coming out now, right? Oh, he was ahead, you know, the whole time. Really, was he though? Because all of you were saying it was Dabble the whole time. So just stop it. Uh, a second, um, you know, he's just, you know, he's kind of an unknown, you know, like I, I had my list, uh, my rankings and I had Iberflus and, uh, Salah above him. You know, he was my third favorite defensive coordinator head coach. Um, but you know, overall he was, you know, I think sixth or seventh, seventh on my list. I think I had Joe Brady ahead of him. Um, but I just, I don't know. It, it was shocking. I, you know, at first I was a little maybe in shock that it kind of came out of nowhere and that it was him. Uh, and I think I probably had an initial reaction that was a little negative. I'll, I'll be honest, it was a little negative. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, like I get you want to be innovative and I get you didn't want to make the same mistakes as Anthony Lynn, but did you have to hire like the exact opposite, including age of Lynn? Like, could you get any more different? It, it's it's like it's like the person who, you know, burns her hand uh, on a, on the stove and then does then just doesn't go in the kitchen ever again. It's like complete opposite. Like, is that really what we're doing here? So, but after I got off that with that initial, you know, shock and I spent the next, you know, two to three hours uh, doing my research and because I really hadn't put much research into Staley, to be honest, you know, some, some entry level stuff, you know, like how long has he been coaching? Where has he been coaching? Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, because I, I didn't think he was a real candidate. I didn't want to waste my time. Um, but, uh, you know, after doing some more research on him, I, I've become more comfortable with the idea. I've become, you know, actually pretty positive about it. So, you know, I'm all on board the Staley train. Well, this is it. I think I got a little bit ahead of a curve on this one because, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I went away and we all have our opinions of head coaches in the league. We sort of see them when they play us or we hear about them and their reputation. Um and then when when the sort of the list was coming that Lynn was fired, I went and did my some some proper studying into every candidate. And there were some that I wasn't as keen on as others. The enemy dropped off because I was unsure about his pedigree, um, unsure about exactly who's in charge of that that offense. Um, really didn't like Arthur Smith myself. I didn't think there was much synergy coming to the Chargers. You know, we haven't got a Derek Henry style um, quarterback. Um, uh, running back, sorry. So, uh, and I didn't like the way he put his team together. That was my my personal opinion. There were two people that stood out for me, and they were the obvious two. Brian Dabble. He has a great pedigree in the league. I didn't even realize he started on the defensive side of the ball in the, the Patriots. So he's seen both sides, um, success on both sides, and every offense he's been has improved under his tenure. The Browns and the Dolphins jumped up the rankings uh, after he had 
had 12 months uh, uh, as their OC. And I liked what he did. I thought there was a lot of synergy. He could come over and, and be Josh Allen 2.0 with Herbert. Um, he could turn a makeshift O-line into a decent protecting unit. And I thought, wow, really a nice fit. But actually, looking at his interviews, I didn't particularly like the way he came across. Just just a personal preference. I didn't see him as the Chargers head coach. It was difficult to see. Whereas I fell in love with Brandon Staley, and, and I actually tweeted this a good, good week before we hired him that you go and look at who he is and what he's done. Now, he hasn't been in the league for a decade. He's been in college football of, of various sorts for a decade, but he's only got one year as a DC um, and four years in the league. But he is one of the most obsessive footballing minds. He he, he lives, dreams, breathes football. Um, he knows the intricate details. He creates a game plan for every offence he, he faces. And then he adjusts it at half-time. And he has his career of these nitpick comments from people he's worked with, players he's coached, who say that he gets us in that locker room and we play a different ball game in the second half. Who does that not sound like? Well, that sound, did, doesn't sound yeah, like the Chargers. Actually, Bez, we, we did that with the coach, Lee. It just got worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we dropped off. Touché, my friend. Touché. But, but, you know, the thing is, is that I wanted to see adjustments. Gus Bradley couldn't do it. Our defence was supposed to be elite with great names and it underperformed. Let's not, let's not make any bones about it. It underperformed. It should be elite. It should shut down people. It should get points on the board, generate turnovers. Didn't do any of that. Whereas you look at Staley's defence, and it did everything we're weak at, it succeeded at. And you have a massive strong case that he can come in, and he's already got his Aaron Donald in Bosa, you know, an elite D-lineman. He's already got his Ramsey, because we've got Derwin James. There are There's a lot of synergy. There's a lot of similarities between the two. He comes in, a passionate guy who can immediately take us to the next level. And if you think, we were 7-9 and nine and we lost a lot of close games under Lynn. Yes, I understand the obsession with Herbert and, and improving him and, and taking him to the next level, but really, if you ask yourself the honest question, how do we go from 7-9 and nine with close losses to getting over the line and winning those games? The defence needs to be better. The defence needs to get takeaways. The defence needs to finish, adjust, close out the game. Who does that? the league's best defensive coordinator and that's Brandon Staley come on is there a single person that can prove me wrong because we have had some people you know uh, uh, Curtis one of our contributors love you man you know but we disagree on this you know he, you aren't keen on him is he inexperienced is he too let's ask ourselves is this guy too inexperienced uh, and Dan I loved your point so I'm going to come to you because you've researched this you've shown that he's similar is there any argument whatsoever in your mind that he is too inexperienced to take on this job? Um, I I can say yes to it just on the on the um, the leadership side of things. He's not got much of a track record there in a position of leadership other than the one year as the DC. But leadership isn't just something that is like to some people it comes naturally, um, and maybe he's a natural leader. We don't know. I don't know, at least. Um, maybe he is like Mike Tomlin, who only had that one year. Andy Reid, who didn't have any years. Um, Vrabel with one year. Zach Taylor with one year in a like coordinated position. that He can just come in and do this. I, I've got faith that he can, but I need to know more about the um, the coach as a person to really 
say any more on that. You know, I love that you brought up Mike Vrabel there because I, you know, I tweeted this out and that, you know, Vrabel and Staley actually have the same amount of, of NFL coaching experience. Yes, Vrabel was a player. Uh, for many years, but we all know that players and coaches do completely different things. And, you know, yes, you have an understanding of the game, but it's just, you know, anyone who's like, oh, he's a player, he knows more than us. Like, not necessarily about coaching, right? Like, players generally know their roles, and maybe they know the roles of a few people around them or the defense as a whole, but, you know, knowing you know, what it takes to coach and train and, and develop people, like, players don't really fully understand that until they get into the coaching ranks. So, um, but, you know, Vrabel, but same thing. He had he had a couple of years as a linebackers coach. He had one year as a D coordinator, and then he was a head coach. You know, it's the same path Staley took. Except Staley, instead of being, you know, he was a player in college, you know, high, uh, high school and college quarterback. Then he was a a coach for eleven years in college. Yes, it was FCS, so it was you know like you know like Division two football, but. He was still coaching. He was still learning the craft of coaching. He was developing his skills. He was developing learning how to retape. So in theory, you could could actually say that Staley has more coaching experience than Vrabel did. And we all have seen the job Vrabel's done uh, and how well, you know, how well that's worked out. So I don't know how founded these, you know, these worries about our experience are. And, And as Dan just beautifully, beautifully pointed out, there are a ton of head coaches out there who have had success and have had very little NFL coaching experience at the coordinator level. So I, I don't think, you know, I agree with Dan. I don't think there should, we should be really jumping on that negative um, right now. I, I, I think it's almost, I don't want to say irrelevant, but I, I'm with you two. You know, it's, it's horses for courses, as I say, and depends how Staley, um, how he allows his coordinators to freelance. It, it seems that Lynn basically uh, constricted uh, Steichen at times. You, you know, um, there's nothing wrong with standing back and saying, right, just go for it. it, it this is this is on you as, a, as opposed to trying to control the narrative. So everything needs to work together. You need your players to stay healthy. You need your players to do what they're supposed to do on the field. You need your coordinators to uh, scout and, and adjust accordingly. And you need the head coach to make the right decisions. And if all those pieces come together, there's no reason why an inexperienced head coach can't get some success. Uh, what, what does success look like in 2021? Well, it's got to be a winning season, hasn't it? And hopefully um, we can close the gap on the, chi- uh, the Chiefs, which can be very difficult to do. Now, you know... I I I'm a firm believer that the Broncos and and the Raiders are going backwards. Um, I don't believe in Derek Carr. The Broncos have got problems at quarterback, so we should be targeting second spot in our division, and we should be targeting the playoffs. And that's they've got a great new def- defensive coordinator <laughs> in Gus Bradley. Well, I think not. You know, so we've we've you know we, we've we've got the foundations. It depends what we do now in the draft. You know, and I think the priority there is to protect Herbert. So, I I don't I don't see inexperience as an Achilles heel. He's he's obviously impressed Tom Telesco. Um, you could argue that Telesco's got his head coach selections wrong historically. But he, he's not an idiot. He's no fool. Um, he's clearly done his homework, and he believes that Staley's the right fit. As I said earlier, I am not getting overexcited, but I am positive, and I'm right behind our new head coach. I think that's where every Chargers fan should be. There's no, there's no point in scoffing at Staley. We haven't even had a snap yet. We're still into the current season, you know. So, I think you just need to park all the negative comments and thoughts, and see what evolves over the next nine months. 
or do what I'm doing and get extra, extra giddy and guarantee a Super Bowl already. <laughs> just want to just want to jump in there and say um, something I forgot to mention is at least with the signing of Staley, we're not signing a 56 year old head coach who has never coached in the NFL and has stepped away for health reasons. Who's that? Urban Meyer, 31 years in, oh, in college, yes. but, uh, but none in the fair, NFL. I, a, a lot of people got a bit giddy about that to the Chargers, and and when I looked at Urban Meyer. There is a unique project for him, which is coming in and creating, you know, I mean, come on, let's just be honest. Jacksonville is pretty much a second rate college outfit anyway. So he gets to go in there and build it from scratch with a quarterback of his own, a team of his own, massive cap, loads of draft picks. That is a perfect fit for him. There was never any fit, in my opinion, with the Chargers. Um, and I think he uses his leverage in the media to get to get more control. But, um, you know. It's, uh, it's it's going to be really exciting. We, we've got our new head coach. He's in position. What well, all attention now turns to to the to who he appoints is the um, the offensive de- uh, defensive coordinators. We've already had some sniffing around um, the Rams locker room again. <laughs> they really shouldn't have let us in that stadium because not only is it our stadium and we own LA, we're taking half of their staff with us. Um, Kevin uh, Kevin O'Connell, he's the OC over there, doesn't call the plays. Um, it's a bit of a technicality. If you're offering a coach a promotion in the NFL, he is entitled to to go. Um, it's sort of a promotion because at the Chargers, he would call the plays, but um, the Rams have blocked that approach because it's considered a lateral move. Um, John, any, any thoughts? Do you think we can go and get him? Any ways we can go and get him? Should we go and steal the Rams... Uh, Next, next guy. I have no qualms hiring anybody. Um, so the technicality is that while the NFL changed the rules about assistants um, being blocked from coordinator interviews, um, they did not change the rule in regards to coordinator to coordinator, which is considered lateral, um, which is this technically the way around that is to attach another title on top of offensive coordinator. So that would be assistant head coach. So at that point, then it's no longer a lateral. Um, And then I believe he cannot be blocked. Um, Again, I am not at the NFL Rules Commission. I don't know 100% if that's correct. But from what I'm reading uh, and what I can tell, that is a true statement. And at that point, it's just, um, do we really, really need um to go down that road is are there not any other capable coordinators you know and o'connell you know he is a bright mind um he's not calling plays currently in uh with the rams but that's probably why he wants to leave um you know the great example of this was matt lafleur um who did not have a chance to call plays he got he took a lateral so he could call plays for one year and then got a head coaching job after that that could be o'connell if he's that good um, which then again puts, you know, Staley in a position where he's got to hire a new offensive coordinator after one year. Um, but honestly, if, if Staley, I am a believer in letting the coach make the decisions. Uh, apparently Telesco is, but we're not 100% sure on that. Um, so if Staley wants O'Connell, then make it happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, I fully agree. I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, this bright run, the Rams, we all saw the joint episode of Hard Knocks. And we thought, wow, don't we love our organisation? How much better are we taking 
the seriousness of COVID, how much in, more inspirational are our leaders, and then they outperformed us and got in, into the playoffs. So, um, you know, if you're going to win the battle for LA, we're playing the long game, and we're now taking all their organisation, their stadium, the works. I mean, we've got the same number of fans in their stadium. Everyone predicted we wouldn't be able to to have them as many fans as the Rams. We have had as many fans as the Rams in SoFi. So unlucky, mate. <laughs> stick it to them. Stick it to them any way you can. I say. And, and, um, and they've got two bananas on the helmet, so you know. <laughs> going back to episode one, you know, it's true. Um, I think there could have been good things with Dabble. Uh, with Herbert, but I do think the bigger leap is the defensive side. But it is not a cut-and-paste job. There is a big rebuild on the defensive side of the ball. I think we were further away from Super Bowl contenders than we probably imagined, and we have big questions. So, you know, this is going to be the defensive off-season review for you listeners. Um, Just to give a bit of an overview to the situation, the Chargers go into the off-season about to make decisions, potentially losing Melvin Ingram. Uh, Denzel Perryman, who who had a bit of a resurgence. Michael Davis, who who played ninety two and a half percent of the snaps and was was reliable on the field, up and down perhaps. Um, Damian Square, um, Jalen Watkins, and of course the biggest name this season, whether or not we re-sign Jaleel or die. Um, you know, <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> just lost half our fan base. Unbelievable. Um, but, you know, there are big decisions on what to do. You could also suggest, you know, there are cuts that could be made. Um, the Chargers could look at their roster and, and, and some people, you know, Casey Haywood, if you cut him, save almost $10 million. Is that worth doing? Um, other other names, Linval Joseph probably performed well enough to earn the $8 million he could we could save by cutting him. Um, guys, I'm going to throw it out to, to you. I'm going to start with you, Woz. Um, this team, this defence, tell me what... what do you love? Who are you cutting? Who are you resigning? Throw some throw some defensive knowledge at me. It starts with Derwin James. We need him fit for sixteen games minimum. Um, and I think that's that's where a lot of the problems occurred this season. You know, we didn't have him. We had to do some uh, juggling about. They gave Murray too much um, responsibility early on, and he faltered. He's steadily grown into the. Uh, into the game and I think we expect a big season from him I don't think we bring Melvin Ingram back unless he's going to accept a ridiculously low one or two million dollar deal which is probably unlikely he could probably get seven to eight somewhere else I think a lot of it depends on Joey Bosa how he goes away in the off season how he reconditions himself I mean he had two unfortunate concussion protocols late in the season which is quite worrying especially the first one um, so, so that's a that's a worry, but we've we've got a new set of eyes, and we hopefully we can pick up some good defensive talent in the second and third round. I mean, you look at free agency. Uh, nobody, please, on this podcast mentioned uh, Jadavian Clowney. He is not signing for LA Chargers, no chance. Uh, but you've you've got some talent there. You've, you've got Nanik uh, and Goku. Uh, I'm guessing Baltimore will, will want to bring him back. You're probably looking north of 14 million to bring him in. I think he would do a great job because we have got issues up front. We, we, Bo, Bosa, let's just say Bosa stays fit. Who's supporting Bosa in the pass rush? You know, we we, we need some consistency there, uh, and we've had it for a long, long time with Melvin. And there's a big, big, some big shoes to fill there. So I think there are lots of concerns on this side of the football. But hopefully with a new defensive mind, the new head coach, 
some new signings. They can uh, <clears throat> they can figure it out, but the conditioning that's got to be looked at. We 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 talk about fixing the offensive line, we talk about the defense, and we talk about special teams. But the benchmark underpinning all this is, is how the coaches are prepared. And, and if I was if I was Staley, I'd be going in to see Tom Telesco and saying, "I want a, uh, an a, you know an entire review of of why we've had all these injuries over the last." four, five, six years, look at the training facility and work out what's what. And if the strength and coaching uh, staff are not up to the task, they, they need to be moved on and somebody else brought in because there's no point in having all this talent if they can't stay fit. Um, and I know Derwin James's injuries, some of them have been unfortunate uh, with, with, the, with the screw in his foot, etc. But, you know, we, we've got to... We've got to address it. it. It needs to be sorted out. We can't keep having our key players, especially Derwin James, who is a generational talent. We need him playing football. Um, and while ever we're, we're just towing along and, and that next man up, next man up's fine. It's, it's fine for a week. It's not fine. It's not sustainable for two or three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. You know, you've got to have your best players playing as, as, as often as possible if you want to get consistency. And with that brings success. John, defensive side of the ball, Staley's coming in, chance to rewrite the script from the Gus Bradley era. You're you're now him. You are now some scientific experiment of Telesco and Staley merged into one. Talk me through your plan. Well, um, I think number one is I think that there's definitely going to be a need um, to evaluate the talent in in the secondary. I think that, you know, Davis probably needs to be resigned. I think he was the best corner this year. I think he's made strides every year incrementally. No, he hasn't made that massive like pro all pro jump yet. But I think, you know, he's gotten better every year and to me that's that's a guy you you bring back because he's really, you know, he's really turning into something. So, I think Davis has to be brought back. I think he ends up being the best um you know, cornerback with a bring back. I think Harris Jr. is probably going to be retained uh, just to kind of man the slot, bring a veteran presence. Uh, he has familiarity with Staley. Staley was a linebacker coach in, uh, you know, as you said, in, in um, Denver. So I think that makes sense. But Hayward's the big question there, right? Like, he is not horrible. I, I know there was a lot of like, oh, Hayward's completely done. He's completely washed. You know, just get him out of there. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think he's battled injuries. I think he just had some up and down games. He was inconsistent, um, you know, with his play. Um, that would be a lot of reasons. I don't know. It could be, you know, the scheme. He was just, it just wasn't working for him this year. Um, you know, like I said, the injuries could have been nagging him to the point where he didn't trust himself to do all the things he did before. So, um, you know, I think it kind of depends, you know, if they think they can either bring someone in free agency um, or the draft to replace him. Um, to me, I think you just bring all, all of them back. I think that you then draft somebody in the second or third round with potential and, and develop them to be the heir apparent there. That seems like the best plan there. Um, obviously with Derwin James, Joey Bosa, you've got your stars. Um, it's going to be a big question mark about how they're going to utilize Joey Bosa. Obviously, um, you know, Staley ran a lot of that three, four, um, front, which is not what Bosa is used to doing. Um, so, you know, what is what is that going to look like? I, I think as Staley comes in, he's going to sit down with all of his players um, and, and say, look, this is what you did last year. This is what I'm looking to do this year. How do you feel? 
you know, what are your, you know, I, I think that's what we all are going to expect from him because that's his reputation. He's, he's, uh, he's the gym rat uh, of the film room. He's in there obsessing over tape. You know, he's going to have looked at, I'm sure, hours of tape of every single player and we'll have an idea of how he wants to implement them in the new defense. And then he's going to have to get them on board. So I think getting Derwin and Bosa on board um, is going to be important because they're kind of the leaders of the defense. And I think if you've got their buy-in, you shouldn't have a problem getting everybody else to buy into whatever new system you're trying to get into. And I think that's it. Um, you know, safety is going to be a question mark. You know, there's um, a lot of discussion on edge as well. Like, you know, Staley's going to have to decide, can he use what we have in the ranks um, currently? Or do we draft or do we bring somebody in? Um, Floyd, who was kind of a, a bust that, that turned into a real asset. Um, you know, in Staley's system, he's, he's due for a new contract. Uh, I'm sure he's going to ask for a lot because he had a lot of great production. Um, but I think it's pretty safe to say that if Staley brings over a similar system, uh, Floyd will probably be able to reproduce that with uh, alongside Joey Bosa. So maybe that's an option for them. Um, so it's really going to it's really going to depend on, you know, what Staley vision for the for the defenses and how much he wants to invest there versus how much he's going to be willing to invest in the offensive side of the ball and i know we don't want to talk about offense this time but you can't talk about what they're going to do on defense if you can't you know without considering the fact that there are big holes on the offensive side of the ball between free agency and between just not having the players uh, that are going to have to be concerned. So I don't know how much Staley is going to be able to change things. So, um, you know, and to his credit, you know, besides a couple of key names, the rest of the Rams defense were a bunch of nobodies, you know, that, that he was able to utilize in a system to make them all look a lot better than they are. So, you know, I would say that in my opinion, the Chargers defense at this point uh, is more talented overall than the Rams defense. So I don't know if Staley's going to come in and make any major changes. I think he just puts in a modern defense that's going to accentuate everybody's abilities to the best of their abilities. And I think that what's going to end up happening is you're going to be seeing a top five to eight defense out the gate, even without making any major changes. Um, and I think if you pair that with, you know, what we saw on offense last season, I think you've got yourself, a, you know, a double digit win team because a lot of those close games that they were up at half and lost, those go away because the defense competes and the defense doesn't allow those um, other teams to get back into the game. So I think that, uh, you know, Staley's going to just, I think he's going to do what he's done throughout his career and that's scheme to make his players perform, you know, even at John Carroll, you know, that university, you've got players there who, who paid to play, right? Like they, they didn't have scholarships. They had to pay to kind of like in high school where you pay to, to make sure you get uniforms and stuff, you know, in some of those FCS schools, you have to pay a fee to be on the team. Um, so they can afford to do all those things. So, um, and he, he turned some of those guys, uh, you know, into high producers. Um, so I think that that is something he's going to have to do with the charge defense. I just don't think there's a lot of money to be spread around the defensive side of the ball. Well, I'm going to let you off because you did miss our offensive preview, and I feel as if you can have your time, John. You can definitely get your words in. You know, we we all we all cut uh, no, we all kept Mike Williams, and I know that you fundamentally, as you said before, disagree with that. So, I mean, it, if you want to throw 15 million at a guy who's probably only worth eight or nine million, that's on you. I'd rather spend 15 million on Allen Robinson personally, but that's just or Kenny Galladay, but that's just me. So whatever. Enjoy your 50-50 one-dimensional receiver. <laughs> Goat. Ooh controversial right I think we stirred that up enough um you know for me I, I love what the, the points you made about you know who will he bring across from the Rams interestingly I know it's not his call necessarily as as Rams he wasn't 
wasn't head coach of the Rams, but he operated with that defense with no first round picks for the last two years. Um, you know, they, they 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 traded out of that to go and pick up various different free agents. Um, so maybe that'll be a different different tact. Will he put pressure on Telesco to go and sign some of the bigger names in the off season, um, or will he, you know, go back to the Telesco method of drafting? You know, some some pretty decent decent caliber players to help out. We will see. It will be definitely interesting to see how how the relationship is between Telesco and Staley, um, how the dynamic works with some of the bigger volume players in the locker room. I, you know, I, I'm disagreeing a little bit. I'm I'm cutting Hayward. I think he's washed. Um, the only problem I've got is cutting Hayward leaves you gigantic gaps at cornerback to fill. So I think it, it fits into my next point, which is draft players to look at. Um, you know me, I want Patrick Sertain, uh, the second in the first round. I think he is a incredible talent at cornerback. I know a lot of people want an O-line uh, addition, um, but I think you know we're going to be in the Patrick Sertain area of the draft. And cornerback, we need immediate help, and more immediate help at cornerback is a technical requirement that only first-round picks and free agents have. There are not going to be that many fantastic free agents. Maybe we can get somebody in that can that can do a job. But for me, on the draft side of things, I'm definitely going after defense in round one, and it's going to be Patrick Sertain to come out and 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 add a wonderful blue chip addition to Staley's signature elite defense. Guys, tell me I'm wrong. Uh, I'm going to yeah. Um, I'm going to jump in there. But you know what I'd like to talk about is the free agents and. <laughs> The existing players. I want to turn. <laughs> sorry, um, draft only. I'm sorry. We've moved on. <laughs> no, I, I'm getting my turn. I'm getting my turn. Um, so we touched on our players and players from the Rams. We didn't really mention Darius Williams at the Rams, who I think is worth mentioning. He's an undrafted uh, rookie. Well, no, he was an undrafted rookie. He's played a couple of years. He had a pretty decent year um, as just a no-name corner. And his contract's up. And he played with the Rams. He played for Staley. We've got weaknesses at corner with age. Why not bring in someone like him? He's not going to cost... He's not going to break the bank. Um, And I think I'd rather have him than someone like Tavon Campbell or Brandon Faison. Um, uh, And of our guys that I'd keep... I'd want to see us keep Isaac Rochelle and um, Damien Square and Nick Vigil just as rotation guys. But I'm, I can't say I'm too concerned about Melvin Ingram. If we were to just take the money we're spending on Melvin Ingram, currently I'd rather see it used on um, blanking on the guy's name for the Rams, the defensive, the, the outside linebacker who we've mentioned half a dozen times already, but I'm tired. Floyd. <laughs> I'd rather see the money used on someone like Leonard Floyd. Um, but... Yeah, uh, I didn't want us to not touch on Darius Williams. As far as the draft goes, um, I really don't want us to do anything other than take either the best tackle or the best corner in that first round. I don't want us to draft a receiver, as some people are saying, but I really think we need help on the O-line. What were the stats recently? We had one of the worst pass-blocking success rates and run-blocking success rates. Um team pass block win rate we were 31st and team run block win rate we were 32nd so I'd like us to go O-line there um, I, I 
just wouldn't want to be thinking too much defense there. And as you mentioned, Staley's kind of got by without first round picks on the defense. And we've got two first round talents that are hopefully coming back fit and healthy that would hopefully change the game for us in Bosa and Derwin. Was. Do you disagree? Are you drafting? Are you free agenting? Any names you want on either side? You know, I don't think we need a tackle, do we? Because that O-line is sturdy. As, as <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> we, look, we've got to, I've said this for weeks, we've got to get a, a tackle in the first round, in my opinion. Um, and I'm a massive fan of certain like you are, Bez. Um, so, it's, if you don't get a tackle in the first, do we, do we take that cornerback if, if we can get him? But, We've seen it time and time again where Telesco has pulled a rabbit out of the hat. So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get any of the names that we haven't mentioned. I think the on back on the uh, sort of the free agency until Henry comes back, it's, it's a no-brainer. Um, and then some of the the fringe players that are on a low salary cap, yeah, just just re resign them. You, you likes of uh, um, Rochelle, who's still relatively young, Virgil Green. He's knocking on a bit. I don't really agree with that one, but we are light at tight end. So again, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? I certainly think that our top ranked secondary that didn't play top ranked at all may may come back to the new season um, with a bit of form. I think there's a lot that went wrong in in terms of confidence and sort of those games kept getting away from us so we have got some players there that can that can do a job I mean we expected a lot from uh, Mr Harris didn't we but it, it didn't really work out for him whether or not um, he, he comes back and plays well in, in 2021 uh, remains to be seen but it's going to be difficult John spoke about this maybe five, six weeks ago, the fact that we've now fallen down the pecking order. We're in sort of no man's land in the first round. So it'd be interesting to see if we do any business and either trade back um, for an additional pick or we uh, we get really aggressive and trade up. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see us actually doing that as opposed to opting for that our 13th uh, pick in the first round. Um, it's, it's yeah, blinking you'll miss it. I think is the is is the key here. Telesco, yeah, you've, got, you've just got to trust him. He's the man on the hot seat, and he's the man that's going to put all this together. But I think if you if you look around the league, there's an awful lot of teams in the same position as the Chargers. Disappointing seasons, uh, and the ones that you know, you look at people like the Vikings and the Ravens that probably felt they should have done better. They'll be going out to ratchet it up and improve what they've already got it's going to be fiercely competitive you look at the browns i mean good lord they're not far away from a super bowl appearance really are they so um i wouldn't be surprised to see Lol. say again never gonna happen well look it's the browns listen if you if i just sat here at the beginning of the season and said the browns are gonna run the chiefs in the divisional game you'd have gone what are you talking about you know it's there's, there's a you look at the afc west as a whole and everyone's vying for that second position behind the Chiefs and <clears throat> I think the Chargers just got to be smart and they, they've got to whatever plan they go with we've got to live by that and if it goes wrong well then that's on Telesco and his, his tenure shortened 
inside the Chargers building. So I am just gonna keep my uh, keep my hopes open that we 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 get a tackle and that he can come in and do a job. Um, whether James Campen stays as the um, coach for the for that offensive line, I don't know. You, can you blame the injuries on him? No, not really. So, does he get a second chance? Yeah, I think I think he does. Under the circumstances, that that offensive line, you know, it wasn't a complete disaster. Herbert was still allowed to play. He still, um, you know, got the ball down. Thirty-one touchdowns. Wide receivers. Whoever's talked about us getting wide receivers in the first round, you want your head testing. You could put us four out wide. Uh, no disrespect, but with Herbert's ability to find receivers, I'm sure we'd get a handful of yards and maybe a touchdown in a season. So that, that's just a nonsense for me, that uh, a wide receiver in the first round. You wouldn't even get a wide receiver in the, in the second or third, in my opinion. So, look, tackle or cornerback. Well, before I move on to John um, for your draft take, I'm going to go around the room very quickly on the free agent thing and say... Melvin Ingram, we've talked about him, uh, and we've I think you know we're all leaning towards the idea that he isn't coming back. Is that definitive? I'm going to ask you yes or no. Do you think he's actually going, or do you think he will make it back? I think he's gone. Uh, was gone. Dan agreed. Gone. John. Yeah, I think he's probably gone. Um, just don't, I don't see I don't see how he fits at this point. No, I, I agree. And it's a state of defense, and I'm not sure he's. You know the perfect perfect guy. I mean, there is a big need at edge. You know, do we really want to go into next season with Nwosu and Egbule as our two edge in that three four that isn't three four? No. So there there's a big need Tillery. there. Um, and I, I I kind of see him transitioning to if there is a three front with Bosa in there and 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 Limval. I think Tillery will play more time there than he would do as a big bodied edge man in in that kind of defense. But we'll see. Um, so yeah, draft. You know, are we going to get Patrick Sertain, John? Uh, I mean, not unless he falls to round two. <laughs> uh, I just don't, I don't see any reason for them to draft a corner. I mean, I guess if they drop Hayward and, you know, use that money on, on an offensive tackle, like a veteran tackle, or, or, or I mean, maybe. I just, I, I think you have to get younger at the tackle position, and I think you have to just save you know, that secondary for your second and third round pick. I, I'm looking at more down the line, you know, a guy like, uh, you know, Paulson Adebo from Stanford, uh, Tyson Campbell from Georgia, uh, those kinds of guys where uh, they're not the perfect prospect, but they've got, you know, some ideal size, uh, you know, ideal height. Um, they play in conferences where they've played against, you know, um, good outside receivers. They can play on the outside. They're not these nickel corners because I just don't think that should be a priority for them is getting another nickel corner. Um, so I just think that that's probably the range the Chargers are going to be in. I, I just don't see them being in that first round cornerback range. Um, I, I, I just I, I'm just too in too much of a believer that they need to fix that offensive line any way possible. Uh, that's free agency and the draft. And I think you and you've got guys like uh, Darisaw, Cosme, um, you know, who could potentially fall, you know, at 13. I think those are guys that you, you have to take a long look at and, and consider one of them uh, as opposed to, you know, hoping, you know, if a Patrick Sertain falls to you. 
you know, jumping on that, even though that would be a great pick and I'd love to see that. I just don't see that as being the biggest priority need as much as offensive line is. Yeah, I th- you know, I, th- I think we all lean towards the fact that the off- offensive line needs to be fixed. But they should take a moment to consider the fact that, you know, I know we haven't hired the guy, but Brian Dabble has just managed to keep uh, Josh Allen upright in the playoffs against a fantastic defense. And there's no first round offensive talent on that entire line. Um, yeah, but know, he doesn't have he doesn't have Tom Telesco continuously whiffing on offensive line picks. Like if you if you can figure out how to scout and 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 coach up, you know, third, fourth round, you know, free agent tackles and, and guards to be really good. Great. Don't waste a first round pick on them. Uh, but if you're incapable of of finding those players, as Telesco has shown over and over again, he just can't find offensive linemen um, in the draft, then you kind of have to use a first round, a high first round pick on a player that has the highest chance of, of turning into a, a really good player. You know, are they guaranteed at that, at that level? Absolutely not. But that doesn't mean you can't, you know, increase your odds by taking a more talented, more physically gifted um, offensive tackle in the first round. So, you know, I just... I just have very little faith in Telesco being able to find those gems in the second, third, fourth rounds uh, on the offensive line, at least. And I I have much more faith in him finding, you know, cornerbacks and safeties and and linebackers in those later rounds. So I just I I don't think they have much of a choice uh, around finding a tackle in the the draft. Pipkins, I still believe in you. Uh, (laughs) The last man that does. Um, You know, I I think you make a great point, Uh, you know, and, and Telesco has continually found success when it's landed in his lap in the first round um uh, but beyond that struck out on the line uh, 100% agree with you um and you know let's see what happens with some of his picks but too early to say on on our boy Josh Ke- uh, Joshua Kelly and, and some others but um I think they could be the moment my, my most fascinating narrative this offseason is how does Staley's approach in, and with new coordinators, because don't forget, Gus Bradley stunk up the place for a while. Um, how does that? Is the hammer going to stay? Are we going to have a different way of doing things? Are we going to forfeit first round picks and go and get free agents? So, you know, I'm really excited. Um, I, I don't know who we're going to get in in free agency or who we could target. But there's some. There are some good options on the table. Where does Yannick Ngakoue land, as, as, as was mentioned. Um, you've got John Johnson, who who's continually now in the media linked with the charges because, you know, he's gonna, he, he was made by Staley. Does he come over with Staley? Could do, could do. Um, you know, does J- J- Joe Tooney or perhaps is it Andrews, the centre at the Patriots, they get cut. So there's tons of options on both sides of the ball. How, how our new coach approaches things, we'll find out. He's got to go and hire some coordinators. He's got to go and rob the Rams' pockets once more for coordinators. That'd be nice. Um, make them weaker while we grow stronger. I, think um, you, guys, I do think you make a great point there on, on interior offensive linemen, something that, again, I, not everybody agrees with this method, but I personally believe it's easier, to, easier and more affordable to sign uh, interior offensive linemen than it is tackles. Tackles are kind of viewed as the more premier position along the offensive line. So I, you know, that's why I keep saying offensive tackle in round one, and then maybe go all defense after that if you want. That's fine uh, because I think, like you said, there's going to be guys who play center and guard who they can sign for reasonable deals uh, to get on to, to fix that offensive line. So um, I, I just think that you know, it's the guys from the Patriots you talked about. I think those are some great guys who could get cut in rebuilding teams. So you yeah. know. Draft mm-hmm. that tackle. I mean, what? Well, what sorry, what, what, on, let me just jump in, Bez. 
one thing we one thing we haven't mentioned about Staley and, and jumping into John's point there, we haven't got just say for example we'd have kept Anthony Lynn. He's got sort of two losing seasons on his back. You know he, he's got that hangover. Staley hasn't got the hangover coming into this uh, off season towards the draft and into into the twenty twenty one season. So he's got a fresh pair of eyes. He's completely uh, fixed on, on moving forward and, and being positive. And he will be working his backside off right now to identify all the weaknesses, who we can bring back in, and what the best fits are in the draft. It's like John, you know, as John mentioned, um, interior uh, offensive lineman as opposed to an out and right, you know, offensive tackle. And I think that has to be a bonus the fact that we've got a new page. Uh, and a new chapter, and I think we shouldn't underestimate that. Completely agree. And I mean, going back to to John's point, I mean, just imagine what a successful Chargers off season looked like. If I offered to you that we go and take Andrews, the centre from the Patriots, performed well. We take Joe Tooney, who is one of the top performing interior linemen this entire season, and we drafted someone like Leatherwood. I think that's job done for the off season in terms of free agents, and then you know, you, you, I think that I think I would take that. I would take that revamping of the line, um, and then f- pick up the pieces elsewhere uh, for the rest of the team. I think that'd be an exciting way to go. Protect Herbert, and then you start building around you know cheaper options uh, for around the rest of the ball. No, yes, John. I mean, I, I think it's a good good in theory if you can get those guys i think it's just going to be on how telesco approaches the problem with telesco is that he likes to he likes to let those those top tier guys go and wait till tier two and three to start you know making inquiries so i think if he wants to fix this offensive line he's going to have to be you know the team that potentially overpays and i know he hates to do that and i know spanos doesn't want to do that either like i'm not saying that Spanos is cheap but he also doesn't he's not willing to really splash money around um but i i think if they're gonna build an offensive line in free agency and that's what they want to do i'm for it um uh, but they're gonna have to spend building it with these tier two and tier three free agents has not worked it will continue to not work and i'm hoping that they've learned from their mistakes but who knows so i mean look everyone's comfortable everyone's i think you made the point was you know let's see what happens now let, let the cards fall as they may um, we've got to see who he hires. We've got to see who we then uh, decide to keep. If there's a franchise tag coming, if Hunter Henry is re-signed, big big one. Um, how how Staley rebrands the Chargers' defense. How he supports Justin Herbert. It is going to be an extremely exciting off season, and we've got tons of content coming at you. Articles, um, stuff coming out about the about the draft. We've got some free agents uh, analysis coming up um, and we're also big shout out to some of our fellow podcasts there's there's tons of great charges content that has exploded onto the scene over the last two or three years um you know we're the we're the big boys you know <laughs> we're the big boys yeah now we you know we, 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 we add something but we're going to start working with some other other podcasts i, I was Proud to be a guest on Chargers Chat this week. Thank you, Kev and the team, for having me on there. We're going to have that team come over and, and bring you some content and their take. See if they disagree with us. See if they uh, can handle our hot takes. 
um, and we're going to start working with some some of the podcasts because we are a charged community at the end of the day um, and we can bring you the listener our fantastic listeners as much content to sink your teeth in to um, that we can get you guys have you got any final words on the charges the off season Staley anything at all throw it at me Dan nah mate how about you Oz no I just wish uh, the Bills all the best for the weekend that's that's a good point yeah. yes <laughs> yes second and thirded definitely how about you john uh just that you know what there's no such thing as a guaranteed uh great head coach hire i've seen so many of these guys touted as oh this is going to be the next great head coach only to fail so um you know i think anybody's trying to make any snap judges just needs to be cautiously optimistic. That's how I'm going to be and just see how it plays out. Cause we have no idea. We, I mean, we have no idea how these guys are going to end up as head coaches until they actually start coaching. So, you know, and, and one year doesn't make for an entire body of work. So just remember, you got to give the coach at least a, a year or two to kind of get his footing. Uh, so be patient um, and, you know, be positive. Cause I, I think that Staley's going to bring something new to the organization, whether that works or not, I don't know, but I think it's going to be exciting. And I'm going to completely disagree and say I can 100% guarantee we're going to get a Super Bowl and Staley is the greatest head coach hire of all time. <laughs> Enjoy the ride, Chargers fans. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> you know it. Where can where can you boys be found on social media? At Endzone85. You can find me at Adroit Errors, hashtag Audible Chocolate, hashtag Josh McDaniels for offensive coordinator, question mark. <laughs> and you can find me at UKLA Chargers. Hiya, Garrett? <laughs> Bez, can I just point out, sailed. you forgot to ask us what we're drinking, but actually, we by the time we start recording, we put the world to rights and my tea had already gone. <laughs> so nothing is the answer to the question of what you're drinking. Uh, and I'm at Char- I'm at Bez the Spaniard. The podcast is at Charged Up Pod. Come and get involved. There's tons of uh content on there we want to hear from you we want to get your takes we want to get your questions there's gonna be some listener episodes coming up um and if you want to come on rant with us if you want to come on for a slot let us know love to have you it's an exciting off season bolt up 